Father, I thank you for an opportunity to retreat and all the things it took to bring women in here this morning because uh, you have called them to yourself and they're hearing you say come. And I pray, Lord, that we would have open hearts, open eyes to hear what you would have to say to us this morning, that we would be able to sink into the Prince of Peace and begin to experience you in real ways, Lord, that we would be a people who know their God and rise up, Jesus. And um, so will you be with us this morning? Help us to understand your word and unfold um, your glory to us. Amen. Let's look at Psalm 46. I love that amen. Thank you. We're going to read Psalms 46 together. Um, I am reading with my iPad because I have bad eyes. Um, and it lights things up for me, so thankful. So Psalm 46, what I would like you to do as we're reading it, um, don't be afraid to mark up your Bible. I would love for you, I see you guys with your um, iPhones. That's cool, that's fine. Um, but if you have your physical Bible or your notes, be ready to circle any name of God that jumps out at you, any nature of God, any way that you see how God works. Be ready to circle it, because we want to know our God. So Psalm 46, this is in the ESV. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, circle that, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its setting, selah, that means stop and ponder what God is telling us here. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. And what happens, women? The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is what? With us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Ponder that. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah, stop and ponder who God is, who he is in this earth, over the earth, and who he is to you, and let it sink in. Now, we're going to just break down a couple of these verses. Verse 8, we're going to start with God's invitation. It's God's invitation to you every day. Come. Come and behold his works. We are caught in two kingdoms. We are caught in this kingdom of the world, and we are caught in the kingdom of God. We're in between, right? We're in this world and we're not to be of this world and in this kingdom of the world it's empire it's control it's power it's pride it's busyness our minds are busy it's following other people's agendas it's materialism 
It's living in the natural world and in our flesh. And then there's the kingdom of God where there's peace. There, shalom is the kingdom of God we read in the Old Testament where we are Christ-centered, where we live upside down. We live in different ways where the humble will be first, not the prideful, where we let the Lord fight our battles. We don't fight our own battles but we're caught between these two worlds and because we're caught ladies no matter how mature you are in Christ it is so easy to get caught in the kingdom of the world and God is saying what is his invitation come come pull yourself away and behold who I am some of you may have served in the tenderloin in San Francisco before anybody I've I've gone with some women to the tenderloin and um there we knock on doors and bring meals to people um, and ask them if they, if they have any prayer requests. And I was bringing a meal to a woman, and I asked her, can I pray for you? Is there any prayer requests that you have? And she said, no, I don't pray. I don't believe in prayer. And I said, okay, is it okay if I pray for you on your behalf? And she says, well, okay. And what can I pray for you? And then she said, peace, pray for peace. So I bowed my head and I started praying. I knew the only way she could know peace is to know Jesus, right? And so I started praying to Jesus and how he wants to be her savior and asking that she would discover true peace in the Prince of Peace. And she interrupted me. She grabbed my arm and she said, will you pray that that peace never goes away? And I thought, how many of us have that prayer that I need peace and praying that it would not go away and I saw a desperate woman and the only way women that we can ever know peace that will never go away is if we know the prince of peace if we recognize and have professed that Jesus is the son of God that he came to dwell on this earth and he's the only one that can could bear and pay the penalty for my sin my wrongdoing, my offenses against God and yours. And Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He was buried. And on the third day, he was risen to life. And he showed himself among men, showed himself, showed the holes in his hands, the risen Christ. And then he ascended up into heaven and sits at the right hand of God. And anyone who professes that they know that Jesus Christ has done this for them, then they can be saved. They can have peace with God because of what Jesus has done for them. So I invite you this morning, if you have not done that initial professing that Jesus is your Savior, come. He might be stirring in your heart right now. Will you come and say, Jesus, I believe in you. You can do that in the moment sitting in your chair. You can do that by coming up and talking with me if you want to talk about Jesus with me. Anyone who's in here with a red tag would love to talk with you about Jesus and introduce you to the Prince of Peace. Now, if you're a woman who knows Jesus already and you have been wandering in this world, caught more in the kingdom of the world, then you're not going to be still. The Lord will not let you be still in your sin. So that's just a natural consequence of living in sin is having a jumbled, convicted heart. Jesus is saying, come back. Return to me. 
keep coming back to me. And then women, there's some of you who are mature and you love Jesus and you want to honor him and please him and yet you still cannot figure out how to get your heart and your mind to rest in Christ Jesus. And so the very first thing that God tells us to do is come. And in order to come, I need to move toward God. And in moving toward him, what do I need to do? I need to move away from something. God is calling me away from something in order to move toward him. And we want to ask ourselves, what is that? I must move away from something. I realize that there are women from many walks of life in here, many mature women in Christ. You're going to Bible studies. You're serving the Lord. You're talking about the Lord all the time. Some of you are caretakers of maybe both young and old. Some of you are moms in the thick of things. You can barely sleep at night, let alone keep your eyes open trying to study your Bible. Um, and I've, I've been there also. I've walked very gingerly over the years when women say, how can I rest with God? And how can I, I can't find time with God. And I'm really careful because I think the only way is if you make time. The only way is if you walk away from something. But I'm ginger about it because I don't want to sound legalistic. We can be super legalistic. You have to be in the word. You have to do it first thing in the morning. It has to look like this. You need to be in a Bible study. And it's all these have to, have to's like a whip on our back. But the bottom line is I can be so ginger about it. And we can be so ginger as a church because we overemphasize grace without looking at what God is actually commanding us to do. And God is saying, figure it out. Come and leave something of this world that's tangling your feet and come behold me. I tried years ago, I'm a night owl, and I would try to set my alarm clock for an hour early. And you know what would happen if you've ever done that? I would sleep through it. I'd try and I would fall asleep. Yeah, any of you? Well, you know what I found out? I have trained myself over the last few years to just set my alarm for five minutes early. Talking to women, set your alarm five minutes early. Five minutes. Can you do that? How many of you can set your alarm five minutes early to talk to God and ask God? That's called a silly small goal. A bite-sized, smaller than bite-sized goal. Where if I get up and start spending five minutes with Jesus today, five minutes with Jesus tomorrow, five minutes with Jesus Wednesday, that's 15 minutes more than I have spent possibly in the last few months or few years, right? And that silly small goal, women I have talked with and worked on this with them are spending longer and longer beautiful times with Jesus because they're figuring out how to come away. So here's my question for you. What is holding you back from communing with Jesus? I've been in that thick of my little kids. I have a special needs son. I had a mom with Alzheimer's, struggling all the things. And I felt like I couldn't have time for Jesus in the morning, so I pushed it, pushed it. But I was talking with the Lord. I'm listening to my podcasts. I'm playing my Christian music, but I'm stressed. I'm irritated. I'm reacting to situations instead of responding. And then when I finally sit down to spend time with the Lord, I have to spend a whole lot of time apologizing for my day, right? And so I'm not going to tell you, you have to spend time with the Lord in the morning, but I will tell you there is great fruit 
from figuring out five minutes early. I have an adult with special needs in my home who wakes up early, and, the, and he has demands on me all day. And the only way that I can be grounded in Jesus is if I wake up before him. And so I've got to do it five minutes, then 10 minutes. And then I figure it out, and he starts waking up earlier. And i got to guard the time. So even if I'm spending 10 minutes communing with Jesus, I'm saying, Jesus, who are you? Open up the word. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, bring you to some practical steps in your outline. But maybe it's 10 minutes. Maybe it's 20 minutes. Maybe it's three minutes. Jesus, I need you this morning. Will you show me who you are? And recount the things you know of God. Read a psalm. But begin to commune. So I ask you this question. If the Spirit is talking to you, convicting you to come, what, it is, what is it in your life that you need to step away from? Is it the warmth of your bed? Is it your schedule tying you down? Is it a lie of I'm too busy? I have too many demands on me. I have too much stress going on in my life. Do you, do you look at Facebook before you look at the face of Jesus in the morning? You can probably figure it out. So jot it down if the Holy Spirit is talking to you right now about what you need to do to move away. Then when you sit down with God, um, he's inviting you to commune with him. Come, first and foremost, it's got to happen. Secondly, and behold God. And this is worship. Come and get to know God and what he says about himself and give him his due. Worship is, means worth-ship. This is what you say about yourself, God, and I am going to attribute these facts about you. And it has nothing to do with my mood for the day. It has nothing to do with my feelings. It has nothing to do with my circumstance. It has to do with who God is and what he wants to know you to know about him and the place he wants to take in your life. As you read the scriptures, just begin to look for God's names. I'm not telling you to go get a Bible study book. Uh, all those things are really good and I love them. I am a Bible student, have my master, my, went to seminary. I love studying the Word of God. It is critical to look intently into the Word of God and figure out what I believe and why I believe. But I believe women, the more and more I talk with women who are being shaken by these times, they um, will reveal they are not communing with God. They are not sinking deep and learning how to be still with God. And it begins with beholding him and starting to take note of who he is. And Debbie, Debbie mentioned this last night, really, in her own words, how she sits and just marinates in a passage and asking God who you are. It's not about acquiring, doing 54 questions in your BSF study this week. And those things are important. I'm not, I'm not belittling those things. But it's learning how to stop and commune. What are you telling me about yourself, Lord? What do you want me to know about you in the nitty-gritty of life? And so get in the habit of circling his names. I've learned to do just a simple two little things um, in the word. Highlight with a blue pen the character and the nature of God. And then I highlight with a green pen my response, my confession, how I need to align my heart. Because you are this, therefore I this. Because you say this, therefore I will believe this. So the blue, who you are, and the green, my response. You will begin to experience your worship time becoming more and more genuine 
and you will begin to put a handle on recalling the names of God because you are learning to know his nature and sink into God when troubles arise. I have to be nourished in the morning. I have low blood sugar. If I'm not nourished, you know what happens? Shaking, 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 sometimes passing out. The Lord is telling you, come be nourished. If not, you will be shaken while the world shakes. Fill up on me and sink down into my nature. When I learn he is holy, I become more holy. He refines me. When I learn that he has a steadfast love for me, God, you have a covenant, steadfast love. Then no matter who rejects me in my life, even if my husband were to leave me, or my children rebel against me, oh Lord, you are steadfast, you love me. You are my companion. You, you are the lover of my heart. He is merciful, he is my shield. When my kids were in a uh, rain and thunderstorm a couple weeks ago up in Big Sur, and I was fretting, I thought I had to go back to the name of God, you are a shield, Lord. You will guard them. You are a protector. You hold their boundaries. And I can't control any of that. I will rest in it. And I went to sleep. It was a choice. But I had to know who God was first, right? That's why you are taking notes of his character. Come behold who I am and replay it in your life during the day. You might have to put a sticky note. You're training your mind to rest and to be still on the nature and the knowledge of God. You are faithful and true. You are the Prince of Peace. You are the Avenger. You fight for me. Lord, you are my banner. You are the flag over your people. I belong to your kingdom, not this kingdom of this world. I'm a military girl, and I have always loved that flag, and I've got the flag flying a few places um, in my home. And that flag is starting to get way more tattered and way more shaken, but I will not be shaken because I don't serve my flag. I don't serve a broken, broken nation. I am thankful for it. I am a steward of it, but I serve the king of kings. I am an alien and a stranger on this earth, and the banner over me is the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And Psalm 46 said twice, the Lord of hosts dwells with you. Do you know who the Lord of hosts is? The Lord of hosts is the king over every supernatural realm in the heavenlies. The Lord of hosts reigns over every angelic realm. Every demonic realm has no control under who? The Lord of hosts. The Lord of hosts is, is in control of my coming and my going. And no man or government can change that. The Lord of hosts dwells with you. Go back and look at Psalm 46. You will see it twice. That is emphasized to you. The Lord of hosts dwells with, dwells with you. Revelation says it is the Lord of hosts that will come riding back as the avenger and the victor. He will be wearing crowns that has a name that none of us know. Isn't that amazing? He'll be wearing a sash that says faithful and true. Here comes my victor riding on that white horse, faithful and true. And on his right leg, it says king of kings 
and Lord of Lords. And the victor is coming back for you and me. And why can I have hope? Why can I endure faithfully with joy until the end, as the scriptures call me to do? Because I am learning the name of God and learning to apply it in my life. Does that make sense? We cannot be still and know that he is God if we haven't first come away, looked at the word. What do you say about yourself? Uphold the word and worship. Lord, you are do this. You are this. You are this. Whatever the word is telling you. Then remind yourself through the day, you are the king of kings. You are prince of peace. I'm not feeling peace right now, Lord. So, so I must be, my mindset must be in the wrong place. It must be over here in this kingdom. I belong in the kingdom of Christ. So Holy Spirit, help me to understand what your peace is and pull yourself away to be still. Accepting God's invitation to come and behold him lays a foundation for me to actively be still in the knowledge of him. I think a problem that we have as Christian women is using, um, you know, easy Christian phrases that say, well, just trust Jesus. And trusting Jesus is very, very true. But it is such an abstract thought if you don't know who Jesus is and who he is saying he is. We are a forgetful people, right? That's what Debbie said yesterday. We keep forgetting. Who is Jesus? Oh, man, what are you telling me? Forget, trust Jesus. I'm trying. I'm trying. That doesn't work. I sit down and commune with him. Sink in and start replaying who God is. Make an action plan to pull away. A Hebrew teacher quotes this. To be still and rest is to create a space to become more aware and attached. Attached to the love, the grace, and the companionship of God. Rather than the companionship, the duties, and the demands from life and from others. It's a difference between loving this kingdom more than this kingdom. And I need to pull myself away, create a space, whatever that looks like. That is God's invitation to you today. And now here is his command. Whoops, I'm ahead of myself. His command is to be still and know that I am God. To be still means to sink down. Another version says, cease striving. Put it all down. Stop your busyness. I know your agenda. Put it all down. Be still. And what? Know that I am God. I've got a little work to do. There's this phenomenon in the tech age where it's really hard for us to be still. We feel like we've got to be going, going, going all the time. We scroll, scroll, scroll all the time. We live in a super fast, fast, fast-paced life. And so even when we lay down to rest at night, our hearts are still going, and it feels like our bodies are still going. Have you ever felt this? This is a phenomenon that's happening and we, um, where our, we, our nervous system has become so tense. So some of us need to learn some breathing things. They're not new age. God, God has created our bodies to breathe and relax, to take walks that de-stress. He's created nature to get your hands in the dirt and look at the green and look at his nature that declares his glory. And, oh, Lord, help me to relax. Help me to de-stress so I can still my mind and hear you. We've got to do that, don't we? Um, so if you want to, if you need to talk about some of those things, I would love to talk with you about it. I think that our nervous system is a very real thing, and I do believe there is a way to still it in order to still yourself. 
to hear God. Okay, let's talk about wilderness wanderings. Let's look at the Israelites. Oh, those Israelites, what we can learn from them. In Deuteronomy 7, it says we read that, it, we read that God chose Israel because it was small. And yet he tells them to take a land, to take a large foe, and to face their foes without fear. They need only to trust him. He tested their hearts so they would learn to believe him through obedience. He says this often. Sometimes they do. They trust him. They obey. And other times they are filled with unbelief. They exaggerate their situations. They whine about things that aren't true. They take their eyes off God and they become disobedient. Deuteronomy 7, 6 through 9 says, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. It was not because you were more in number than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all peoples. But it is because the Lord loves you and is keeping his oath that he swore to your fathers that the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know, therefore, that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps his covenant and his steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commands to a thousand generations. And then we read an, an account in Psalm 78 that recounts the mighty acts of God, the faithfulness of God, the fact that he is true and always faithful to his name, and the rebellion and the unbelief of the Israelites. So Psalm 78, verse 11, they forgot his works and the wonders that he had shown them. Verse 22, because they did not believe in God, who he says he was, and he did not, they did not trust his power. Verse 30, in spite of all that God did, in spite of this, they still sinned. Despite his wonders, they did not believe. Verse 40, how often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and they grieved him in the desert. This is our personal God who is grieved not only by our rebellion, but the rebellion is because of unbelief. We're not believing he says who he says he is. And women, God will always be faithful to you no matter what your trouble and your trial. He will be faithful to his people because he loves you. But greater than that, it's because he will always be faithful to his name. Hebrews says when we are faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. So it's not only because God loves me, and sometimes we have a hard time believing as women because of our own brokenness, what that love means. That means different things to each of us sometimes, doesn't it? When we haven't been able to sink in and know the love of God. But we can know this. He will be faithful to his name. God does not go back on his own character because he will be glorified. And so we ask this question, what makes me like the Israelites? We can say, oh, those ridiculous Israelites. God was showing the smoke. He was showing all these miracles, waters coming out of a rock. I would have believed we have unbelief. I am like the Israelites. 
And my troubled heart, my restless heart, is more about unbelief than I realize. What did God want the Israelites to believe about him in their hardest experience? He wanted them to know he can be trusted. He knows the unknown. He is in the unknown. When he said, go take a land, and they said, yeah, but they're giants, and they're big, and they're going to do this, and we're small. He said, I'm going with you. Believe me. And they had unbelief. God's telling us the same. He wanted them to know his character and his ability does not change, that he would give them strength when they themselves had no strength. He is faithful to his promise. He works in spite of their limitations. It didn't matter that they're small. He works for his glory and for their good. He works for his glory and for your good because that's faithful to his name, and he provides. Where am I going to get the water? Lord, what if there is a world famine? That's what the news is talking about. Have you heard it? That's right. Lots of us are homesteading and figuring out all the things and who's bought chickens, right? Um, or, or you're studying how to buy chickens. We don't have to fret, women. I'm not saying those are bad things. We can be wise about it. And if God's telling you to prepare, prepare. But what are you doing to prepare your heart? Are you being still so you can stand with fortitude? If you don't have food, if I end up homeless, if my husband is persecuted and loses his job because he stands on truth, my God has his banner over me. He will provide for me. He will be in the unknown when I don't know it. And I don't have to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough trouble of its own, but today God dwells with me. Today God provides for me. And tomorrow his mercies will be new. And I'm thinking, yeah, but it's not going to be enough because I had to look for extra mercies today. They will be new. That word new means different. You will have different mercies tomorrow. You don't even know them until you are in the trial. And God will blow you away because he is faithful to his name. He will bring glory to himself, and he will be good to his people. We must be women who stand in the knowledge of God. And then you know what happens? You will be still. You will respond with stillness. The Prince of Peace will fill you. Lord, help our unbelief. If that's uncomfortable to you, if you're sitting here saying, I don't have unbelief, I invite you to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, is there unbelief? Is my pride helping, keeping me from seeing that, or am I just missing this? Help my unbelief. So what keeps me from experiencing the um, rest of God, the yada of God? I want to talk about this word yada. To know God, it was, it's back in your um, outline. I don't want to miss this. Be still and know. So this Hebrew word is yada. It means to know, to learn to know. You might be saying, I don't know. Learn to know. Learn one more name of God today. Uphold it. Declare it. Ask God to help you live it and to understand it today. Learn to know him. Perceive and see God. All right, Lord, you say you give me strength. Help me perceive how you're going to do that today. Find out and discern. Know by experience. It's not just knowing head knowledge. You can know all the things. I am amazed by so many women who know all the things from studying the word, but they have not experienced God. You haven't let it go from here to here. You haven't figured out how to sink in and commune with God and take what you know up here and experience. Something's holding you back. Maybe it's self-preservation. I can't hurt myself. That's too scary. 
If I say this, then what will happen? Who cares? Step in. Take a baby step. And you will see that the Holy Spirit is there. And he will give you the strength to take another step. And you will taste and see that God is good. And you'll be making deposits in your mind. Ah, that's what it means to know who God is. And you will keep moving forward as women who, re- who are resolute in their knowledge of God. If we are not applying what we know, if we aren't sinking in to know God, when this broken world shakes, we will shake with it. We will panic with it. But if we experience his peace that surpasses all understanding, that keeps our hearts and our minds quiet and at rest as we trust in Christ Jesus. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs. Don't forget to thank him for his answers. And you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. It will, will, that's a promise, keep your heart and your mind quiet and at rest as you trust in Christ Jesus. First Peter, yada God, know him and experience him. What do I need to do to start pulling away to know God. Do I have these things? Sorry, I keep moving my slides back and forth. Um, what's keeping me from the yada of God? Is it the fear of the unknown? I just wrote these things down. Put a little star by them if that's you. Spend some time alone with the Lord today and say, Lord, will you help me with this? I'm afraid of the unknown. Help me to trust that you are in the unknown. Is it pride? Is it self-sufficiency? I'm too busy. I've got to get all these things done. I've got all these responsibilities. I don't have time. And you keep pushing God away? That's self-sufficiency. Is it because you are mulling your, your troubles over in your head over and over and over again and stewing over them? You are giving power to your trial and not power to the God who is over your trial. Invite him in and you will yada experience God and who he says he is. Numbers 15 talks about the inclination of the human heart. This last thing I wrote that we are chasing our desires and we fill up on empty idols and I think this is a bigger thing than we realize and we're not able to identify. I keep a notebook of the character qualities of God. I've started to keep a notebook. It might sound really weird on the human, on human nature, the sin nature. And the more I understand my human nature and my sin nature, I'm more aware of the things and the mindset that keeps me away from trusting God and being more (laughs) Christ-like, becoming more like him. And gosh, I saw this numbers 15 and I thought, Lord, that is me. That is your people. The Lord is talking to his people and said, after so much rebellion, he said, you need to put tassels on the robe to remind you, remind you that you need to follow my commands, know my commands, follow them, and obey them because you follow after your own heart and your own eyes, which you are inclined to whore after. Let me read that again. It's talking about our human nature. Are the inclinations of our flesh. We are more inclined to forget God's word, which is why he keeps telling us to remember him. We are more inclined 
to follow after our own heart, my heart's desires, the things we want to acquire, the things we think we're missing out on, the things that the world tells us we need to be accepted by. I follow after my own heart, my own eyes, which I, my human nature is inclined to, did you hear the word? Whore after. I am inclined to sell off myself to follow after the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. My relationship to God is, is a marriage relationship, and we are the bride of Christ. And when we chase after idols and let other things, our busyness, our agendas, all our excuses stand in the way of knowing God, we are whoring after those things. Does that make sense? That's what God says idols are. And so when I sit down to spend time in the Word, and I think, oh, I've got to text so-and-so. Oh, I've got to look at my Facebook first. Oh, oh, wait a minute, I've got to go get my coffee. And then I've lost time and my son's woken up and I didn't get my time in the Word. What happened? I chased after my heart and my eyes. And I didn't sit and commune with my God who's going to nourish me. And then by the end of the day, I'm shaking. And I'm wondering, what happened? Ah, oh, yeah. I didn't spend time in the Word. I want to show you this um, picture from Voice of the Martyrs, if you're familiar with Voice of the Martyrs. This popped up on my Instagram the other day. Actively direct your heart's attention. This picture is, uh, was taken recently of believers and uh, pastors and teachers in China. And in communist China, people are suffering for their belief in Christ, and we know that. They're being pulled off. They're being persecuted. Who knows what's happening to them? There have been some hideous stories. This is a room filled with Chinese leaders and servants who are ready to take the place of the person ahead of them who's been dragged off. That room is packed. That room is packed with resolute people who know who they serve, who know who their victor is, who know the Prince of Peace, and they aren't concerned about tomorrow. They know troubles are going to come, and they're ready. They're getting ready. And we can be ready. First Thessalonians, Paul had very short amount of time to talk to new believers. And a couple things he said, watch the community next to you that is suffering for Christ and learn from them. And then later he says that you are suffering for Christ and you've become a model for others. You know what, women? If we lose our freedoms, we're going to be okay. We are because we serve the King of Kings. We are because he will provide for us. You don't know how, but his mercies are new every morning. Know God and your heart will be still when you watch the news. Your heart will be still when you see your freedoms taken. Your heart will be still if your job is threatened because you stand up for Christ. You will be okay. You can be resolute. You train yourself to know God. Yada, God. And we will be able to fellowship with him in the hardest times. The enemy will always fight to keep us from communion with God, says J. Oswald Chambers. We must fight to maintain communion with God. Yada, God. I've just left with you... Um, you can ponder over this yourself, but if you look at the right-hand column, this is just um, uh, a little go-to for you to start communing with God. Where do I start? 
or I've gotten so far, or my quiet times are cold, or, or I'm just, uh, I'm in the word, but I'm, I realize I'm not communing with him. I hear so many women saying that. This is my invitation to you. Go into the Psalms. Start Psalms 1. One Psalms a day. Look for the character of God. Highlight who God is. Prayerfully read through it, all the way through. Then highlight his names and his character and how he acts. Then give him worth-ship. Lord, you are this. Lord, you are this, because you've pulled those names out. You are attributing to him. You are saying, Lord, I agree with you. This is who you say you are, and this is who you want me to know. And if you get stuck and like, Lord, I don't understand what that is, or I have a hard time believing that, then stop and say, Holy Spirit, will you help me understand that? Will you help me understand what that means? Your quiet time might stop right there. You have come. You have beheld him. You are getting to yada him, and you're asking him to show himself to you in real ways. Moving forward, you will see in so many psalms, the psalmist cries out. He complains. He whines. He talks about his fears. He talks about the broken people, the enemies that are at his tail. I am afraid, Lord. And then he says, so you can tell God all those things in your heart, all those feelings that you're feeling and the troubles that you have, God wants to hear them. He wants to yada you also. He wants you to share with him, and, and that's part of that relationship. He's inviting you into relationship. But after you've done that, you see the model of prayer in Psalms. Then the psalmist says, this is how I feel, but you. I am afraid of this, but you. You are my refuge. You are my strong tower. And so what he's doing is taking his heart that's stuck in this world and he's aligning it under the character of God. That's what we want to do, women. Lord, this is how I feel. This is what I'm doing. I know I'm putting other things in front of you. Please forgive me. You are this. I align myself under you. Help me believe it. And then at the end, oftentimes he will declare, this is true about you. Help me to live this in you, about you. Ask and rely upon, upon God's help. To wrap up, God wants to give you a heart of rest. He actually tells you, he invites you to it, but he actually commands you to do it, <laughs> to figure it out. And he's giving you a helper in the Holy Spirit. To rest is not passive. You need to actively figure it out. you got to come away from something, right? And here is the fruit of rest, God confidence. You will become a natural witness. You will become more courageous than you ever thought you could be. You will be bold in your faith, obedient. You will be able to endure faithfully with joy until the end. Not just endure, but the worst scenario you can think of, God says you can endure faithfully with what? Joy. That is supernatural. And it comes from communing and yada with God. I want to close with this blessing. To you, my sisters in Christ, I have just loved this blessing more and more this year from Numbers. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.